Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line. And we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today, and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of Gifts for Glory. We're so excited that you're along with us. I uh, hope that you're having a great week, and hope that tomorrow, if you're watching live, or if you're catching the replay on the Creative Motion Network, we hope that you have a great Valentine's Day uh, celebrating with uh, someone that you love. Uh, it's all about love, and as we know, when we read the Bible, there are a lot of different kinds of love. There's not just the romantic love. There's brotherly love. There, there, There's so much more to love than just a romance. So even if you don't have a romantic uh, uh, thing planned for tomorrow, we hope that it's a happy day to celebrate love because that is who God is. God is love. And uh, we just hope that uh, tomorrow on Tuesday you have a, a wonderful day. Uh, we are really excited. We just had uh, Wellverse Comedy just had a sold out show on Saturday at our uh, Love to Laugh uh, date, uh, date night event. Uh, sold out house, amazing group of people. We just had so much fun. And uh, we are available for bookings for uh, for your if you want to do a date night at your church or your ministry as a fundraiser or just an outreach, uh, get in contact with us. Uh, we're available uh, to come and bring comedy to you. We have a, a great roster of of thirteen amazing men and women of God, and we can put together a great show uh, that will uh, leave uh, leave your audience in stitches and uh, make uh, some really great memories. So get in contact with us. Uh, improv at wellversecomedy.com, improv at wellversecomedy.com. Uh, a couple of shows we got coming up, uh, looking at March 4th, we're going up to Wisconsin, our second trip to Wisconsin, as uh, we'll be doing the Royal Family Kids Gala for the RFK uh, Racing um, uh, chapter. Uh, you can find out more and get tickets through uh, racing-rfk.org. But you do have to purchase your tickets by the 18th uh, for this big gala that we have going on. Uh, March 18th, we are going to be back at Lombard Assembly for our Good for the Soul show. Uh, laughter is good for the soul. And it'll be a great night to come out and bring the family. We're at Lombard Assembly Church in Lombard, Illinois. Free show, free admission. Come on out, bring the whole family, bring your office, your small group. And that's going to be Saturday, March 18th. And then at, uh, the following week, March 25th, 
RFK Orland Park, doing a fundraiser for them. Uh, that'll be at Stone Church in Orland Park, Illinois. Uh, tickets are going to be uh, uh, $20 uh, per person. And all proceeds go to Royal Family Kids Camp uh, Orland Park. So those are our upcoming shows for uh, Walrus Comedy, which is the uh, improv ministry of Gifts for Glory. Let's dive now into our uh, Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, this is coming from Isaiah 6, 8. And the reason I share this is uh, this past Sunday um, during kind of a, uh, a mission Sunday at our church, Thrive Church in Lockport, uh, our pastor uh, shared with the congregation that uh, my wife and I are in the process of applying to be U.S. missionaries. And w- our field is going to be kind of new and uh, different than most uh, missionaries, as uh, we're actually going to use improv uh, as a way to minister to people. And I've been doing that for the last four years, uh, working with Salt and Light Coalition, working with ladies who have survived sex trafficking, and using improv as a way to minister to them as a way to uh, break through some of the walls and barriers that they've had to build in order to survive. And uh, through improv, we can tap into creativity, uh, improve their um, uh, ability to communicate, and also uh, improve uh, just the ability to laugh because that's so needed, especially in recovery, is the ability to laugh. And one of the biggest blessings for me is to know that I, as a man, am able to go in and have healthy relationships and healthy friendships with these ladies who have been put through hell on earth by men. Uh, so what happened was on, uh, and, and this is uh, Devotional Dave is actually turning into kind of a, um, a testimony time. Uh, I got laid off from my main job on October 31st, uh, Halloween day. I knew going into uh, this workshop that I was leading on that Monday, um, just through emails I was getting that I was losing my job that day. Uh, I was already on paid time off. I, w- I wasn't going into work, but I knew that this was going to be the last day I was going to be employed. And we did a workshop uh, focusing on public speaking with these uh, ladies who are survived, who survived sex trafficking. And it went amazing. God moved and tore down barriers. And uh, these women were able to share their testimony for the first time uh, ever. And it just showed that this is what God wants me to do, to use my gifts and talents and passions uh, to help more and more people. So that's why my wife and I are going to become U.S. missionaries and use this as a way to reach more people who have survived uh, traumatic experiences like sex trafficking, abuse, neglect, things of that nature. So that's why the Devotions with Dave verse is uh, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Uh, So my wife and I are right now looking at God saying, here we are, send us. And I encourage you to do the same. Maybe God's not calling you to be a full-time U.S. missionary. Maybe he's not calling you to be a foreign missionary. But whatever he's calling you to do, just be willing to say, Lord, here I am, send me. And that's our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, I'm sure as the podcast goes on in uh, months and years to come, uh, we'll talk more and more about exactly what my wife and I are going to be doing. Uh, but uh, we thank you so much for uh, being a part of, of the Gifts of Glory podcast. I'm not going to bring in our guest this time. Uh, he is a pastor. He's a podcaster, all-around great guy. Uh, please welcome uh, my friend uh, Eric Stevens. Eric, welcome to Gifts of Glory. How are you? Dave, how you doing, man? I'm good. How's everything? 
I'm good, man. Uh, glad to have you. And uh, you know, just talk about what you are, are doing. Uh, you know, uh, I was on your podcast uh, just a, a few weeks ago. We recorded, and it came out about two weeks ago. And uh, it's a long link, so I'm sending the link into our chat for anybody that wants to uh, follow it. Uh, you also find it in the show notes. Uh, just look for the uh, Rooted in Christ podcast, uh, available on all major platforms. Uh, so, Eric, talk to us uh, first about uh, uh, you. Kind of give us a you know the thirty thousand foot intro of uh, who you are and uh, and uh, what your life is looking like. Well, man, thirty thousand feet. Okay, I'll do my best with this one to be as <laughs> concise as I can. Um, as of right now, I'm the president and founder of our Redwood Christian Ministries. Um, we have been in existence for just over, you know, about a year and a half. Um, so, and I'll give you just a quick background about Redwood and, and what we do. Um, and I'll give you where the name came from and all of that. So basically we were at a, by we, I mean my, my church and our whole leadership team, we had a conference and a lady at the conference walked up to me and started talking to me about a trip that she had just got back from, from California. And she started telling me about everything that she had experienced. And it was just one of those, those stories that like, that stuck with me. Cause you know, normally people will come back and they tell me like how great their vacation was. And I'm sitting here working. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm glad, I'm glad you had fun where I was just, you know, sitting here suffering at my job this week. But, um, she was telling me this story about just the experience that she had in the Redwood forest in California. You know, it was just one of those things was like, I couldn't shake it. Like I couldn't shake the the descriptions that she was giving me. I couldn't shake the experience that she was sharing with me. Like I was just like engulfed in this story. And I'm like, man, why am I so entrenched in, in, in like somebody else's like vacation plans? So I was working at a job at the time where I was probably traveling 50,000 to 70,000 miles a year domestically by wow. air. So I was traveling a ton. I mean, how many times can you go back and forth from Chicago before you hit 50,000 miles, flyer miles in a year. So obviously 2020 hits, right? And the world is literally just shutting down. And I just, I just kept getting this thing in my, like my spirit. It was just like, look into this, look into this, just look into what she was telling you. And I said, all right. So I just started writing down the story that she, that she had told me about the redwood trees in California. So I just started writing down and then I started Googling and just looking up some stuff because she was telling me how these trees battle storms together and they kind of stand in this cathedral mm. and I'm like all right well let me just look up because at the time i didn't realize they were called redwoods i th i started googling cathedral of trees and found nothing okay <laughs> so and it had to have been god just being like okay you couldn't find how are you googling and you couldn't find something so i know it was god really like hey dummy you're you're looking in the wrong direction go this way and I'm like, what did she say? I don't think they were called a cathedral of trees. So I just typed in California trees and they came up as redwoods. Mm. And God just started downloading things to me, just how redwood trees grow to be over 450 feet tall. Their roots are only uh, six feet deep, but their roots are intertwined and they go on for miles. And these trees support each other and hold each other upright. These trees battle storms together and each one of these trees is its own ecosystem so the, the they give life and nourish the area around them and they nourish other animals and birds that live on and around these trees 
And if that's not a metaphor and characteristic of how Christianity is supposed to be, I, I don't know what is. Um, right. So I said, okay, there it is. We're going to name the nonprofit Redwood, and we are going to be a central hub for Christianity to help strengthen and grow the church. Because I believe the church is in here. It's not just a building that we go to on Sundays or Saturday nights or, or, or Wednesdays for, for youth group. I believe we take the church everywhere we go. I take it very seriously that we may be the only Jesus that someone may see that day, mm -hmm. whether it's on the highway and they cut us off in traffic or whether it's in the grocery store and about to do a random act of kindness. We may be the only Jesus that someone comes in contact with that day. And I felt that the church is, is too divided. You know, yeah. I, think, I think the the Bible is clear that Jesus is coming back for his bride, the, the singular. Um, you know, we all have a part to play, whether we have the hands, the feet, whether you're the pastor, the, the preacher, the worship leader, the, the accountant, the, the, the cleaning crew, the youth pastor, whoever you are, we all have a part to play. But the Bible is clear that Jesus is coming back for his bride. It's, it's singular. Right. So the, you know, I think the church as a, as a whole, we could do a much better job of standing unified and together. You know, I think that, I think it's ridiculous that there's a church two or three miles apart. And they don't even talk to each other, let alone praying for one another. Right. You know, so I think that we can do a much better job of standing unified. So if anyone, I, I see the link going across the screen here. Like if you happen to look at our Instagram page, you'll see me sharing stories from churches all over, you know, um, especially churches I've visited where I know the word of God is being, is being preached. And, you know, it's, it's, it's biblically accurate. Um, but we will, I'll, I'll share it. You know, you may have a, a youth event in, in California. I'm going to put it out there. You may, you know, cause I don't, I don't always tell people to go to my church. I'm a pastor and elder at new life church in Lakewood, Ohio, but God may not be calling you to my church. I want to help you if any way I can to achieve what God has for your life. Yeah. So whether that's praying for you or whether that's you know, doing some one-on-one -on -one discipleship, whether that's directing you to someone who can help you grow, maybe it's in another state, you know, what does God have for you and what is my role in that? And if my role is to pray, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, if my role is whatever, whatever that may, may look like. So, um, Redwood right now, what I'm doing is we I go around, I help churches train up their leaders. Um, I help churches develop community outreach programs unique to their area. Um, I do one-on-one, -on -one, um, guest, or excuse me, one-on-one -on -one life coaching. Um, I also do uh, guest speaking. So I guess I'm going to throw in podcast appearances now too. So thank you for this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to get out and really live our, our vision, which is God and be the church. So we, we do yearly missions trips. And this year we're going to New Orleans um, to partner with our Ravens Ministries International. And we're going to go do evangelism on Bourbon Street. Um, we're also going to go down there and feed the homeless and minister and witness to to their homeless community, partner their adopt a block program to help restore um, any areas in the neighborhood that have been just destroyed from storms or hurricanes, that area. Um, and then we're going to do some tutoring with the, with the students in the school district. So just really get out there and show people the love of Christ. Yeah. So I don't know if that was 30,000 feet or if that was way too in the weeds, but there you go. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. Um, I saw through on your link tree that you're going to New Orleans. Uh, what dates are you going down? Well, now you're testing me because I let's see. I think it's the very last week of August or the second. I can give you the exact dates right now. Give me one second here. I turned my phone off so I wouldn't get a bunch of text messages and have my phone vibrating during this interview because we're on a live. <laughs> <feed>. <laughs> 
I'll get you that. But I believe we're going to leave August 24th. Um, okay. It's actually only $28 a night. Wow. So, um, and that includes your housing and it includes two meals. So it's nice. the, the um, Troy Bond who oversees this, this ministry. He is not looking to make money or gouge people. He's made it so affordable for people to come out and really experience what it's like to live out the Great Commission. And he's, he's made it super affordable for anyone. So um, as of right now, those dates. So I lied to you while I'm lying on a Christian podcast. It's <laughs> August 21st through the 25th. <laughs> nice. Well, the reason that it takes in, uh, a, a bit of interest to me, especially is uh, my church is partnering with Scott Hinkle Ministries. And we're actually going down and going to do some street evangelism during Mardi Gras. So we're leaving Friday and then... Uh, uh, we're leaving before all the major stuff starts happening on, on uh, Fat Tuesday. Okay. But we're going to go down and we're going to uh, try to plant some seeds and and see if we can see what uh, – well, we can't do anything. But, you know, we're going to go down and uh, just be willing and seeing what God can do uh, down there uh, during Mardi Gras, which is the darkest of dark seasons because every debauchery, every sin that you can think of is is out in the open. And so, uh, so uh, we'll plant some seeds, and then uh, you guys can come down in August and uh, and get the harvest. Some plant, some water, man. We're down. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for paving the way for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really cool because, uh, yeah, it, there there's a lot of work to be done in there. You know, it's a historic area. It's you know beautiful architecture, but a lot of darkness. Right. And oh, very cool. I just, I just really think the church, we can, we can unify and do these things. You yeah. know, I, I think that, you know, it's crazy because the, the rooted in Christ podcast, God put that on my heart. I started that in August and the, the, the connections that, I mean, the God divine connections, the divine appointments that have happened since August have just been mind blowing to me. Um, just the, the people I've come in contact with and just been able to talk to and the partnerships that, that has been made. Like I see God's hand all over this ministry because none of this was my idea. Um, I had no intentions of starting a nonprofit, let alone starting a podcast, right? Let alone sitting here tonight. You know what I mean? Like none of this was 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 in my was in my hands and, and in my plan. So I know it was God. So I'm I'm excited to see where all this is going to go. The uh, and another thing was as you were talking, telling about the uh, kind of the uh, progress of coming up with the name uh, Redwood uh, Christian Ministries is the walk with Christ began with some redwood when he bled on the cross. And just like that symbolism there, I thought was really cool. Just in the back of my mind. Um, I'm going to give you credit for it, but don't be shocked if I steal that. <laughs> oh, take it. It, it, it might not have been, it probably wasn't even mine to begin yeah, with. That's okay. What is, what do they say? Once you like, once you hear something, and like you repeat it like three times, it becomes yours. Or I might have made that up. So it's yours. You can have it. <laughs> but if you want to use that symbolism or you know that imagery, feel free. I just it popped in my head and uh, like, man, that's really cool because it started with some redwood with Christ's blood on, on that uh, on that tree. Cool. It's been it's been crazy, man. Like I did a I did a podcast episode with someone recently. I recorded. It hasn't been released yet, and you know this individual is looking for discipleship and I was able to plug them into somebody who goes and to my church. They're, they, we are States away. 
Yeah. You know, like I just I don't think we should be setting boundaries on on the love of Christ. You know, let's exactly let's just take the lid off and let's just see what God can do in this season. And think about it, we are the body of Christ. If your right elbow is hurting, your right hand is the closest hand, but it can't help. You need the left hand to reach across mm. and, and take care of it. So that's, that's how it should be with the body of Christ is, yeah, we might not live in the same state. We might li not live in the same country, but there's no reason God can't use us to help somebody because he's given us, look, you're in Ohio. I'm in Chicago. We're connected. We're talking in real time live on facebook youtube and right. recorded there there are no limits it's like now is the time for this kind of ministry just like in jesus day he came at the right time right when everything was interconnected the romans and the greeks had built the roads and, and connected the 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 big areas together to make sure that the ministry could spread the way it needed to spread so there we're here for such a time as this right and he's given us the tools to do it. The tools, yeah, they're corrupted. They're used for nefarious things, but God can redeem everything, including Facebook. Right. You know, you put something out there and, you know, it's God sends light into darkness. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, how sure there's a thousand podcasts or a thousand Christian podcasts out there, but they're out there for, you know, Jesus name out there for his glory and his honor. You know, I from what I know about you and the time that we spent together, I know that you did not start this to get famous. You know, <laughs> like I did not start this to get famous. You know, this is literally all for the glory of God. So again, thank you for having me on here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I want to encourage everyone to uh, um, find all the links at uh, the link tree, uh, which is um, now on the screen or in the show notes. That'll link you to uh, uh, the podcast of rooted in Christ to Redwood Christian ministries and everything else that he's got going on, including if you'd like to support uh, their uh, mission trip to uh, New Orleans coming up in August. Uh, you can find all that on uh, the link tree, which is also in the show notes. Uh, but Eric, I want to transition and want to find out your story. I know that you've got a powerful testimony. And as much as uh, you're comfortable sharing publicly, uh, tell us how, how did you find Christ and, and how did he become the Lord of your life? Uh, were you born into a Christian home or did you find those roots somewhere else? Uh, tell us your story. Yeah, I man, I tell people, you know, he he found me at my lowest, darkest moment um, right around the time my grandmother um, was passing away. That's that's mm -hmm. the that's where he found me. Um, but I'll start at the, at the beginning. I was I was raised by my mom and, and my grandmother. I was raised in a loving home. You know, I, I really was. And I'm grateful for both of them. Um, my father was, was, was not around. He was, uh, he was a drug dealer in the Kingpin in Cleveland at the time. So he was out and about doing his thing. I've, I've got a number of half brothers and half sisters I've never actually even met before. <laughs> so, um, you know, I grew up going to, um, and we grew up in the ghetto. So, you know, I grew up in a rough part of Cleveland and growing up, you know, my, my mom and grandmother did the best that they could to keep me away from the environment that I was in to help me get out of, of that neighborhood. So I was actually going to a lot of the Catholic schools in that area at the time. Um, I would probably tell you I was that, I was that really smart kid, but I was also that really fat kid who got picked on too. So that was kids are mean kids, kids can be so mean. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was me 
and you know, I, I always struggled with, with like my identity and, and being accepted. So I was always trying to, to fit in. Like I was always looking for, for acceptance in like a lot of the wrong places. It was like, I had this loving home and I was accepted by everybody in my family, but you know, you, you go out to school or to the world. It's like, you know, kids, they call you all kind of names and, and, and pick on you, you know? So that always was, was, was in, was, was a part of my, my story of just rejection and just not being accepted, even starting at a very young age, despite having a solid home foundation. And I would say this really took a turn for the worst. When I turned 11 years old, my actual, my biological father, um, came to my grandma's house to pick me up for my birthday. I, I was floored to even see him mm. Went to a basketball court and we're playing basketball. I remember I go up for a rebound and he pushes me down on the ground. And I mean like an aggressive foul. And by the way, he's like six, three. And I mean a solid two twenty, two thirty. 30. Wow. When I tell you solid, I'm talking six to 8% body fat. He was in the army. Like, so when I tell you he knocked down an 11 year old kid, I mean, I was in tears. Okay. So, mm. Um, you know, his father of the year award for him right there. Um, then he, then he told me, you know, he said, Oh, you don't have any muscles. You're not going to get any girls. He's like, you're on the ground crying. You're not going to be like me. You want to mount to this or that. Mm. I was just, I was devastated. I was devastated at that point. Cause I was just like, there are people who were watching me on the ground crying and he's standing here berating me. Okay. So, and this was, you said it was your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like all the things that make, can make that as painful as possible. Oh yeah. Like I said, he gets, he gets father year for, for this, you know, he he's forgiven though. Now <laughs> that took some time. <laughs> that took some time. I think I, I think I let it go last week. Um, yeah. So we get, he, we get back in the car. He takes back to my grandmother's house and like my grandmother knows, okay, she can tell that I had been crying, despite the fact I tried to fake, like I tried to hide it. It's crazy how like you went through this traumatic experience. You tried to hide that experience. She knew. Mm -hmm. She picked up the phone and I don't know what she said to him, um, but I didn't see him or hear from him after that. So, um, <laughs> oh, um, but that was, that was the, it, this started like a, a theme for, for me, because by the time I got to, to high school, I didn't even bother trying to be myself. It was, I was trying to be like everybody else and do what was cool and do whatever needed to be, whatever I needed to do to, to, to fit in. And what's, what's crazy about that is it didn't work like at all. You know, the, I didn't fit in with the cool kids. I didn't fit in with the uncool kids because I didn't know who I was because I didn't have any love or respect for myself at that point. I was just trying to do whatever I could to be like everybody else. So they would love me. So they would accept me. So they would invite me. And it just, it just wasn't working. So now you've got four more years of just, of just rejection and not being accepted. And I don't even blame the folks who are doing it. I, I now I'm like, you know, <laughs> these were conscious decisions that, that I had made Yeah. as much as you can blame a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old boy. Um, my mom at this point had remarried to, to my, my stepfather right now, who, thank God for him because he was and is, you know, a stable male figure in my life. But at the time we weren't getting along because you have a first time parent who's a step parent 
and an adolescent teenage boy who has no clue who he is, who's now rebelling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it just, it wasn't working. So I'm going to Catholic school. So I have mass on Fridays in a Baptist church that we're going to on Sundays, but everything was very religious and ritualistic. It was more like, you know, I remember getting baptized and I was like 12 years old and I remember like having an understanding of Jesus, but I was just so unhappy because I'm like, I wanted what the world had. Like I really, I was just like, man, because everybody else has the cars, the money, they're getting girls. And remember everything my dad said is in the back of my head and has been there for years now. I mean, so you're talking about from what age 11 all the way through high school, his words have been there for years. Senior year, high school hits. I graduate. I'm like, that's it. I've had enough. I've had enough. I said, when I go to college, when I, when I remember when I, when I, when I went home after high school graduation and I had got accepted to college, once I got the acceptance letter, I'm like, this is it. This is the last day that anybody is ever going to pick on me again. Mm -hmm. This is the last time that I'm not going to have what I want. And this is the last time that someone's going to look down on me and get away with it. This is the last time someone's going to tell me what to do because that ain't going to fly anymore. And people always laugh when I tell this part of the story, but you'll appreciate this. I was a huge fan of pro wrestling growing up. Yeah. Huge fan. And I watched this and, you know, there's more people out there who watch pro wrestling than you realize they just don't want to tell you that they do. There's a reason why it's so large and still around. But I watched, I watched this, this, this organization create these larger than life characters. And I remember something that Triple H said where he was just like, there's a part of me that is really in the character that I'm playing. Mm -hmm. But it's just turned all the way up. It is turned all the way up to like DEFCON 3. Like it is just the volume went from 10 to 100. Right. And I said, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. I can come up with an image that no one is going to pick on, that no one's going to bully, that people are going to look up to and admire and want to be like, but then I said, wow, wait a minute. I tried to be on the good guys. This didn't work out. I'm just going to play this bad boy role just a little bit. Yeah. And then spin this just a little bit because the bad guys were always more interested in the good guys, right? Right. <laughs> like Hulk Hogan was great, but it was like, yeah, but that's because the Undertaker was staying across from him too. Like he had other people who helped push him. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Um, the nerd in me is coming out. You see why I wasn't popular. So. <laughs> So we can laugh about these things now. I'm past it to your point of the story. Um, I just created this image where it was like, okay, Ric Flair dressed like this. Tupac and Jay-Z talked like this. Oh, man, this guy walks and talks like this. Okay, well, the boys like the, the, the boys I'm going to be hanging out with at the club talk like this. Okay, well, the girls like this. I'm going to be all of these things. Hmm. The problem when you do something like that is you have to keep that up. Yeah. So I probably went through four years of my life where I just got further and further and further and further away from even rem any remote concept of who I really was. And I heard a lot of people in that time. I really did. Um, I had a lot of apologizing to do when I got saved. And I want to bet there's probably still some people I need to say sorry to if I walk past them. Um, but I mean, you're talking like I was drinking bottles of whiskey through a straw. Like, like why? For what? You know what I mean? But it was just it was to fit in. 
we're, 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 we're talking tough in the bar on Thursday and Friday nights. Why? Because there's an image to keep up because that's what we've been portraying this, this entire time. Right. You know, um, and it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And then the drugs came in later on, you know, I'm smoking weed now. And for anybody who says weed is not a drug, I tell you, when I stopped smoking weed, I had insomnia for months and I, you know, there's a reason why it's prescribed. So, um, you know, it's, it was just everything I could do to fit in with who, whoever I was around. That's who I became. That was it. And I became something that they could at least want to, to be around. I was like, finally I'm accepted. You fast forward a little bit to about 2010, I believe my grandmother is now battling, um, bladder cancer mm. and losing the fight. She had beat cancer once before, but she's losing this fight. And, my grandmother was my world. You know, she grew up in a time where, you know, being black and being a woman was two strikes against you right away. Yeah. She had 10 kids, you know, seven women and three men and made it work. Okay. Mm. So when I talk about like when people tell me, like, talk about Mike, Eric, you don't sleep. It's like, I, that's where I get my work ethic from. You know, I'm like, I watched from what I can recall what she did and you hear the stories about what she did. And it's like, what excuse do I have? Right. You know, so um, I'm I'm at work one day at the time and I get a phone call from from my mom and she says, hey, hospice is, is at the hospital now. My grandma's in the hospital at this point. She said there's blood under her fingernails. And I'm not remembering all the details of this story, but I think that blood on the nails was was I don't know if it was something to do with the cancer, but somehow it came that she's not going to live for another five. She's she, they said she's got about five to seven days to live. Mm call my boss. I'm like, I got to go home. I can't, I can't function right now because keep in mind, I never learned how to process my emotions or deal with anything real. Because again, I created this character of who, of who I was. I never learned who Eric Stevens really is and, and who he, who I was. So I go home, my aunt calls me on the phone and she says, look, I don't know where this rumor from, you know, that's going around the family started that your grandmother is going to die. I have no idea where this rumor came from. She's going to be fine. She's going to live. Hmm. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I process everything through drinking and drugs. My mind is spinning now because my hero is dying. Somebody's telling my hero is about to live. I don't even know how to handle this. I literally just went in the bathroom of my apartment and I just stood there. And I lived in Lakewood, Ohio at the time. So anybody who's listening from Lakewood, Ohio, they'll understand this next part. I'm just standing there for an extended period of time. And I was just like, okay, this is, I, I, I finally moved to the bedroom. And I literally get on my knees and I do that thing that every baby Christian does. I do that thing that every baby, not all, but most say, God, if you're real, I need a sign. I need you to show me that you are real. Hmm. And as I'm saying this, the Lakewood train goes by so loud. I jump out of my skin. Hmm. Like I live in Lakewood. So if you live in Lakewood, you were near these train tracks. You are so used to this. It's like a white noise machine. You're going to sleep right through it. No matter what, because you hear it all the time. You just ignore it. That train went by and blew its horn three times. Wow. And I literally said, God, thank you, because now I know that you're real, but I also know my grandmother's going to die in three days. Mm. I just knew. 
So this was probably, um, so I'm going to pause there because the Sunday prior to that, I actually checked out a church called um, New Life Church in Lakewood, Ohio, because I was somehow I was just such a mess that I just knew I needed to go to church, which was crazy. This big, tough guy just knew he needed Jesus because my grandmother was dying. Um, go to Lakewood New Life Church. I meet the head pastor there. I say that I'm talking to God that Wednesday. No, I don't remember what day it was. Whenever I said that, God, let me know if you're real. The first three days later, she passed away. Wow. On the nose, first thing in the morning, she passed away. I didn't go to church that Sunday. I woke up to a text from, from Bob Kistemaker, who's the head pastor of New Life Church. He said, I didn't see you in church today. Hope everything's okay. I didn't know it then, but I know it now that a pastor knows, his, a shepherd knows his sheep. Yeah. That man met me one time and knew I wasn't there. There was that piece. And there was a piece that I literally had prayed, God, if you're real, show me. The train goes by, blows his horn three times. She passes away three days later. This man sends me this text and I'm like, okay, I got to make some changes. Mm. Start attending New Life Church consistently. Um, it was rough because... You know, I didn't go to church for the worship music. So like that whole experience of like worshiping God was like missed on me because of the Catholic background and the Baptist church. <laughs> it was missed on me. I, I don't I didn't know what it meant to cry ugly. You, I didn't know what speaking in <laughs> tongues meant. Um, you know, I didn't know what that meant to be vulnerable. None of these things. I went there for the word to transform my life. You know, mm -hmm. and I was listening to Tupac, DMX and Jadakiss. So coming into a church, listening to Hill songs and Elevation, it wasn't working for me. It was not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it. And, it and it's great music it's just at the time i just was not there at that point in my life but the word started really just penetrating me like i'm one of those people you give me something good i'm gonna run with it and i'm not gonna ask a lot of questions just tell me how to do it and i'm out you know i've always been more of a worker so this was in i think this was may of 2010 by august of 2010 I just felt the spirit calling me to the altar and calling the altar after a sermon that that, that uh pastor bob preached I went up to the altar that day and I gave my life to Christ. Mm. I was certain parts of me were radically saved. Certain things like lingered because everything that was a quote unquote sinful in my life was still so readily available. So readily available. I couldn't get discipled fast enough. You know, when I tell you like certain things fell off right away, like my friends who I was doing drugs with, like literally the night before and then I get saved. I mean, they were ready to fight me. They're like, who do you think you are? You know, you, who do you think you're better than us? It's like, no, I don't. I'm so broken that I know I need help, that I know I need a savior. I don't think I'm better than anyone, actually. I've never actually thought that, you know, consciously that I'm better than, than anyone. The gimmick that I created may have told you that, but I don't really think that was on my heart. Um, so I lost some of my friends, which was which was fine because, you know, I got sick of being sick. I got sick of waking up hungover. I got sick of blowing my money. You know, I'm in mm -hmm. debt over my ears, you know, um, and I'm six one. So that's a lot of debt. Um, I probably, I mean, I'm talking thousand dollars. I owe people money. It was just crazy. But, you know, I started putting some distance between me and my weaknesses, but then I ended up backsliding, you know, because it was, there was, it was so much available. I didn't get drastic enough. And sometimes and my advice to anyone is when you give your life to Christ, do not be afraid to get extreme to walk away from the things that are that are keeping you from him. Yeah. 
I'm I'm oh go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was I was just agreeing because yeah. it's very easy to think, well, I'll just I, I'll just pour into them and I'll help change them. But if you're not in a place where you've grown to have that first firm foundation, you're only gonna do them more harm because suddenly either they're gonna take you in a backsliding way or there's going to be compromise and they're going to think like, Oh, I can still do this and, and be, you know, be all right with Christ. So uh, sometimes you just have to do that radical change and, and cut out uh, those influences at least until you you're fa- uh, firmly planted enough like the redwoods that you can bring them up with you. But uh, so, yeah, sometimes you got to be that extreme. Right. I mean, you got to figure we're born spiritually opposed to God. So we were, it's already at one extreme and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I started realizing through college, it was getting worse and worse and worse, but all the, everything was still on my phone. You know, even when I changed my phone or my social media pages, I let some of those folks back in. (laughs) Um, But now my spirit's alive though. Now my spirit's alive, but I'm consciously living opposed to God. I don't really you know, I've, I've said this before. I had one foot in the world and one foot in the church, you know? So, um, and I will say one of the most painful things that happened at that point was God taught me a, a serious lesson there. And I believe he disciplines those he loves because he let me feel the weight of my sin because I was alive in him. Mm. And I don't, I don't blame him for this next piece. Um, this was just my reaction. I became so aware of the things I was doing and how I was just hurting people. And I kept making the mistakes. Even after I got saved, it left me sitting on my couch in my own nine millimeter in my head, ready mm-hmm. to take, ready to take my own life. And, um, it's crazy. Cause one of the pastors from new life just happened to call me back right as I'm sitting there, just stroking my temple with a gun to my head. And he starts talking to me and he's telling me, he's like, you know, I got to talk to you about a few things. He's like, you know, there's some things that you really need to change and work on. I'm noticing these things. And he was kind of like laying into me a little bit rough. I know you're supposed to get the truth and love. Um, This was a lot more truth, (laughs) Um, but it was exactly what I needed because I put the gun down right at that point. And I saw him a few weeks after that. And I said, hey, Ralph, remember that day you called me? He was like, yeah, I'm like, I was going to take my own life that day. And he grabbed me by the shoulders and, and Ralph's hands were just like huge. Like he had these massive hands. So like, I just remember, I'm like, man, this guy is like about to destroy me. <laughs> like, was, like his hands like bigger than my upper body. And he said, why didn't you tell me that? He's like, I want to talk to you. So harshly. I'm like, yeah, but if you didn't, if you changed anything you said or delivery, you said it wouldn't have got through to me. I'm so hard headed, mm. you know? So it was in that point where it was like, I started blocking phone numbers and then I had to start deleting them. So I couldn't find them new yeah. social media pages. You know, um, in 2016, I actually rededicated my life to Christ at the Azusa conference that came to, to Cleveland, Ohio. And after that, you know, things just started to take off from, nice. from there. You know, I, I had a prophetic word spoken on my life and, um, one of the things was, was told to me is that God's going to use you to preach the gospel of the nations, you know, that, um, he's going to give you a platform in the marketplace. Mm. And I said, all right, let's do this. But then the other prophetic word was, I really do feel like there's some things that are, are, are in you that need to get fixed. And he said, Eric, don't try to do this all at once. But I knew one thing I had to change right away. Like I was, I have a very addictive personality. If anyone listening hasn't picked up on that yet. (laughs) Um, when I tell you that, 
I was drinking whiskey through a straw. I was drinking whiskey through a straw. I mean, I was going through bottles of it. I was buying weed by the ounces. So you're talking about just blowing time and money. I literally poured out the alcohol that was in my house after this gentleman gave me this word. And I watched Mm -hmm. the ministry and things in my life just start to take off from there. I really had to get serious with God before I lost everything that God was entrusting me to have. Um, Things just really started to change. I just... I just said, I don't want to live the way that I used to live. And I found, I finally found people who accepted me in my brokenness, Hmm. who said, we're going to love on you right where you are for who you are. And I'd say probably once I turned somewhere between 30 and 33, I really just said, man, I'm having fun being who Eric Stevens really is. And it's like, There was so much freedom in finding my identity in Christ and just walking in who God really just intended for, for me to be, which was and is an older brother to some, a father figure to some, a son, you know, um, and just a servant. Like he gave me an identity, which mm-hmm. I'd never had before. And I just the the I, I could cry right now, but the value that I saw that I, it was it's just I can't even put a price tag on it, man. It's like I wish I would have found this bag of gold. And just held on to it when I was here, you know. So um that's the short version of my of my life story. So <laughs> so as you're talking, you're talking about in, in in wrestling terms, this gimmick you created. Yeah. I can only imagine, uh, because it's it's very similar to my story in some ways. How exhausting was that to try to put up all these different fronts? How, Talk, you know, talk to us a little bit about how exhausting that was. It was killing me because not only do you got to keep with a gimmick, you got to keep with the lies that you tell to people and yourself. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. No, we might go out tonight and get into a fight with some people unnecessarily just because we got to be the neighborhood tough guys that we said we were. It was, you know, it, it's just you have to keep it up like you drink the Kool-Aid all the time. You know, so if we take it back to the pro wrestling terms, if anyone out there is a fan of The Undertaker, if you remember everywhere he went, he was always The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. He was he was never Mark Calloway. He was always the character that he played because back then, you know, they wouldn't break their character. So it was the same thing. I couldn't break this. Like, I had to be everyone's rock and everyone's foundation and everyone's this or that. But per, per group that I was in these things, my roles, they, they changed, you know, and whatever was popular and in, I slowly started shifting towards that. It's, it's exhausting to always just go with the wind. Cause you're just constantly getting blown to and from, you're not rooted in, in anything, you know, and it's, it's dangerous because bad company corrupts good character. True indeed. But also at the same time, it's like, I was that bad company for so many people, you know, getting people to do things. They said they would never do trying drugs and things. They said they would never try, you know, drinking to a a point. They said they would never be drinking at, you know? So it was, it's, it it was, it just would start to weigh on you, you know? And that was uh, something that for me, many that, excuse me, have watched uh, this show, know a little bit about my testimony, or if, if they tune in and uh, check out our conversation. For many years, I used a mask and, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, used comedy as a way to mask how I was feeling. And it was this burden because 
I was so busy putting up this front so everyone see the front that my arms, my shoulders, just my whole body would just get fatigued. And as we're talking about this, uh, the verse came to mind, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And when you're putting up those fronts and trying to live up to expectations or live up to a gimmick that you've created so you can be accepted by people, you're carrying a heavy burden that you're not meant to carry. And when you finally give it over to Christ, he will lighten the load. He, uh, another verse, he talks about, you know, his yoke is easy. Um, so, you know, I just think that your story and, and uh, you know, to my, my story as well is just, it's this verse personified, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You know, it's, it's crazy because you even you talking just reminded me, like, I really feel like God had been trying to reach me for a while, man. I haven't had a car accident that I shouldn't have walked away from. The only reason the car didn't get totaled is because the airbags didn't pop. Hmm. So when I tell you that I never should have walked away from this accident, I mean, the frame of this car looked like it was a, a pretzel by the time I got done bouncing off these, these guardrails. Um, you know, you, you would think that I would have... We all know God's time is perfect, right? So he used exactly what he needed to to use. But I had to really hit rock bottom before I got serious with with this journey. And I I, I thank God that He chose to save somebody like me. Amen. And I love how you intertwine wrestling terminology. You hit <laughs> rock bottom. Or you had a gimmick. <laughs> It's funny because that rock bottom piece wasn't even intentional. <laughs> See, it's in me. See, this is this is the real me. It's actually in me. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Jesus uh, on the cross of Calvary, he gave uh, he gave the devil some sweet chin music. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so, uh, so we followed your story. You get you know saved in some ways, radically saved. In other ways, you know God is still working. And I think in many, in, in most cases, that's how God works is the things he kind of gives you a head start by, by radically delivering certain things. But for most Christians, they still have some kind of thorn in the flesh that reminds them of, Hey, you, you still need God. You you can't just get prideful and think that, Oh, I'm free now. I can do whatever I want. There, there's definitely uh, some stuff that still needs to be worked through. Um, so Kind of tell us how you got from there to, again, uh, starting Redwood Christian Ministries and the podcast, uh, just to kind of uh, recap and and follow the your story from being saved to now ministering to others. You have to, I, I tell Christians this a lot. We have to work at our craft. And that is, and I realize what a, a minimizing statement that is, but I had to get serious as far as reading the Bible, actually going to church and in and ingesting the things that I was hearing and then living it out. And I know James talks about that, not just being a hearer of the word, but also being a doer of it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I had to take radical steps to it. Um, when I tell you I had new phone numbers that happened a few times when I had to create new social media pages that happened a few times. Um, I had to get strong people around me who would help keep me in line. And I'm talking like, I don't mean anything like aggressive. I mean, like, how is your soul doing today? 
Hey, just random question. What'd you watch last night? Mm. What time did you go to bed? Who'd you hang out with? And I thank God that he gave me that spirit of just, he gave me that spirit of humility just to let people into my life to really ask me those tough questions. Um, I then started, you know, I had to find a new way to learn because I had, <laughs> my brain was not, it was between the whiskey and the weed. My brain might as well have been mush. Um, so I had to find a new way to learn. So I found the audible app, which I absolutely love. And I just started mm -hmm. reading. Well, I shouldn't say reading. I started listening to books on there just to help me grow in my faith and help me grow closer to, to the Lord. And, you know, I want to encourage anybody that you're wired and made the way that you are for a reason. So the things that you have interest in, you have interest in those things for a reason. So I found, you know, John Maxwell and Andy Stanley and recently um, Skip Heitzig. So I found um, uh, Robert Morris and uh, Rick Warren. I found just some some other things that I can do to help me feed myself in between Sunday because Christianity cannot be a Sunday morning thing. Okay, church is not a Sunday morning thing. The church is in you and it's everywhere that you go. And I started teaching in the church and I, I quickly started realizing like things that I had been saying for years. I then found in John Maxwell's books, like I found them after and I'm like, wow, OK, well, this is interesting. And this is something I talk about a lot because I don't I don't always like the way that it sounds. But a lot of the leadership principles that I started reading in books, I had already been teaching and I didn't know they were in these books. So I started developing just I started realizing some of the natural gifts that God had put in me. And I just started exploring who I was in the Lord. And I said, you know what? I want to just help people not be anything like me. So I would just pray my opening prayer every day. God, use me today. Use me to make a difference today. Use me to serve someone today. Use me to lead someone to you today. Use me to be a blessing to someone today. Use me to have an impact for you today. As soon as I wake up, it gets my mind right off of me and gets me on to serving him. I had to come to this realization because this is the way I see it. I was going to take my own life. Christ purchased my life. Hmm. I would tell people, hey, I'm living on borrowed time, a.k.a. I'm living on Christ. Like I'm living on Christ time. So, God, whatever you want me to do, whatever it is, I'm just going to do it. You have my yes. I just need you to help me to understand whatever it is you want me to do. I need the yeah. wisdom to do what you want me to do. So I just gave him my yes and whatever my hands found to do, I just try to do it to the best of my, to the best of my ability, you know? So, um, so if you, if you connected my passion and man, I can, I love, this is where I, I always tell people, I love the church and I'm talking now I'm talking about the physical building. Like I love being there. I love being around the saints. I didn't have brothers and sisters growing up. I was close to my cousins, really close. You know, we, those are my brothers and sisters in a lot of ways. Um, but I didn't have this, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have that spiritual tie. You know, I didn't have those, 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 those people to like pick on growing up. I pick on everybody in my church. So, <laughs> um, and they dish it back out and let them tell you anything different. Cause they do. Um, but I, I love being there and I love being used by God. And I love trying to just help people get to where God is trying to take them. And sometimes my role is just to pray for them. Sometimes my role is to plug them into other people. Sometimes my role is to plug them into ministries around the church, or around the area. So I just, I just gave God my heart and he just turned me into a servant because being a leader is serving. 
And I think that people really need to to realize that that this is not a, a title or or a position. You know, I didn't I didn't seek after that because again, I was going to take my own life. So there was no way I was seeking after a, a position in the church. Mm-hmm. So to me, I don't care whether I'm changing diapers, I'm cleaning toilets, or I'm preaching a sermon or teaching a lesson. God, what do you need me to do here today? Yeah. That's that's my that's my mentality. So that's that's what's embedded in 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 Redwood is we are going to serve. We are going to meet the need and we're going to show you the love of Jesus. Amen. That's a good word. I really appreciate that because you never know. God doesn't always call us to the same thing every single day. Um that God is very very much is it would seem opposed to routine and mundane because then you forget the, his majesty if you're just in the routine. Mm-hmm. It's almost like following God is a new adventure every single day. If if the word is alive and I can read the same Bible verse every single day, it can speak to me differently every single time I read it. So, you know, I don't I don't believe that, you know, I, this is this walk where he says you go from glory to glory to glory. It, you know, it talks about sanctification. So that in itself does not lean lean to things remaining status quo. Yeah. You know, I, I don't look at Jesus life as, oh, he was just status quo. You know what I mean? Like right. you know, I look I look at somebody who really just set the bar and set the tone for how we how we should live when you're doing life. Life has seasons, so it cannot stay. I don't expect it to stay the same. Yeah. Very good stuff. And just want to encourage our, our listeners, our viewers to uh, to check you out. Uh, you're on Facebook at Redwood Christian Ministries. Uh, that's at Redwood Christian Ministries. You're also on Instagram at Redwood CM. And the, uh, the website is redwoodcm.org. I uh, just want to encourage everyone to like, share, subscribe, follow online, but not in real life because you have a family. Um, <clears throat> Please don't follow me in real life. Please don't. <laughs> That's a story for another day. <laughs> I'm also head of security at my church, too. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we're going to transition into our final three segments of the show. Uh, the uh, last one, of course, is going to be the uh, wise counsel. Uh, before that, we're going to honor, uh, I just want to pay honor and tribute to uh, Black History Month and uh, find out who you uh, believe is someone that we should know more about. Uh, but first, we're going to start with the interrogation, which is seven random questions Uh-oh. that otherwise wouldn't have fit in our conversation. So here is the interrogation. Oh, Ooh, that was intense. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question. Uh, other than uh, my uh, random bumpers, uh, what uh, makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Oh, man, I'm pretty silly. Um, my sense of humor is born out of the 80s, man. So I love cartoons. I love I love 80s and early 90s cartoons. That always makes me so. OK, Daffy Duck makes me laugh. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Daffy Duck makes me laugh. I'm a I'm a big I'm a kid at heart, man. That's why all the kids at my at the church I get along with them so well because we speak the same language. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because Jesus uh, referenced uh, you know it, it's you know like people who are like these children that inherit the kingdom. So by that alone, you know that Christ has a good sense of humor, right? Because this big tough guy watches Looney Tunes on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, uh, question number two, what's your favorite comfort food? I know you're connected to Chicago a lot. Uh, I, I'm wondering if it's pizza, but uh, what is your favorite comfort food? Okay, can comfort food be a, a, like a dessert or is it literally just like food food? Like what? The kind of stuff that like whenever you're just relaxing or maybe you've had a bad day, you're like, I, I need just a little bit of this just to kind of make this day better. Man, I'm torn between fresh cut French fries and bacon. Okay, like... I don't know. <laughs> I, I think bacon is why the Muslims hate us. Because we can't enjoy <laughs> Do I want to say it or not? I think I'm just going to go with not. I'm going to just agree with you and smile and nod. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I do like bacon and french fries. Can't go wrong with that. Can't help it, man. I can't help it. <laughs> Question number three: uh, With whom do you most identify in Scripture? Hmm, this is rough. This is rough because I can easily see myself saying "rain down fire on them," mm -hmm. but I can easily see myself sitting back asking for wisdom and then doing something stupid later. <laughs> so, so, so I might. Might have to go with Solomon on this one, man. Um, I think I'm going to go with Peter. I think I'm going to go with Peter because early on I was pretty impulsive. I'm going to. I think I'm going to go with Peter for right now. You, if you ask me that in 20 minutes, I might have a different answer. But for right now, I'm going to say Peter. Yeah. I think a lot of us, a lot of Christians, feel like they can identify with Peter. Like one moment, Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build this church, and three verses later. Get behind me, Satan. Or or then the whole idea of like, if you look at the, the story of Jesus washing feet in Luke's account, the disciples are arguing about which one of them is, is the greatest among them. I can't prove this biblically, but I'm like 99% sure Peter started that fight. Like it doesn't say, but that's a Peter argument to, to have. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was him. Um but then also the denying of Jesus too, you know, but then Jesus gave him a chance to repentance. So it's hard for me not to, to relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Question number four. Uh, what's the talent you have that few people have seen? Oh man. Um, I'm actually a really good cook. I'm actually a really good cook. People in my church have seen it. People in my family know it, but I, it's one of the few things I do that completely relax me. So, um, Besides being a guest on your podcast. So I'm, I'm pretty chilled out right now. This is It's cool. fun being on this side of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's your, uh, this is a bonus. Uh, what's your favorite dish to cook? Okay. So my macaroni and cheese, I put it up against anybody. Ooh. Anybody, any place, anytime. I, 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 I'm game. I, I have to rate it because macaroni and cheese is, is my favorite thing. It's also okay. how I judge a restaurant. Like if I go to a restaurant and I try their mac and, and it's 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 whack, I know the whole restaurant's whack, because that's something that is easily messed up, but it's also hard to mess up, which is very weird. If you just stick to the basics, you won't get laughed out of the party. Yeah, but if you start trying too hard, no, just just let the professionals do what we do. <laughs> you just gave me a reason to come to Chicago, man. I'll bring you. I have to come. I, get, I need to get to Chi-Town anyway. We got to link up. So I have to either make you some, bring you some. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. I got you. Maybe we'll do a Facebook Live and we'll just you know do macaroni and cheese. 
I'm down. Yeah. Down. I would like to do some more face-to-face interviews anyway, or just sit there and eat on the internet and let people watch us. People do that all the time. We people watch each other play video games. So why not watch each other eat? I would also watch us play video games while eating. There you go. That's got to get at least five more viewers. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. All right. Next question. Uh, where would you most like to visit in this life? In this, uh, you caught me with this life part. Um, I think I want to go to Hawaii, man. I've never, I just want to go. I've never been there. So I want to go. I know that's, I know that's a boring answer, but it was the first thing that popped in my head. I was either going to say that or Alaska. Um, I went with Hawaii. (laughs) There you go. Sounds good to me. I need a vacation. If anyone hasn't picked up on that, (laughs) uh, please, uh, donate all your Southwest miles to uh, Redwood Christian ministries and he'll do a mission trip to Hawaii because, uh, there's some heathens down there. I'll go down there to pray. That's cool. That's cool. I'll go down there. We can do that. We can do that. Plenty of water for baptisms as well. Man, the last time I baptized somebody in like a body of water, everybody walked up to us and got baptized. We were in the water forever. So I'm down to do that too. I'm going to make sure they're saved first though. I'm not just going to be dunking you just to dunk you. So (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, number six, uh, if you could go back, and this is uh, it could be a positive or a negative, uh, you either go back and just relive the moment or go back and fix the moment. But if you could go back and relive a moment, what would that be? I can honestly say I don't think I'd go back and fix anything because there was lessons to be learned there that got me to where I'm at today. Um, so... And because of those lessons I learned, I've been able to help other people through my testimony. So I wouldn't go back and fix, I wouldn't go back and fix and change anything. I think because I ultimately, I've seen too many time travel movies. See, I know that's going to affect somebody today. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't go back and fix anything. I would like to go back and probably relive or redo my first sermon because the feeling that I had the first time I preached, I was so nervous that I just wish that I just would have been like, you know, this isn't about you. This is about God. Right. Right. But then that, that other thing on my shoulders, like, yeah, but you're sweating and terrified. And that's very true. <laughs> you know, so um, when it was over though, I felt like I could feel like this electricity going through me. It was like, I just, you know, it's like that light in the bottle kind of thing. Like you're just riding that wave. Um, I think I would go back and just tell me, don't be so nervous. You know, let God, let God be God. You don't got to stick to those notes. But as yeah. far as like, anything else, and it's, it's no, um, I feel bad for the people that I hurt and all the things that I did, you know, but I, I, I would not go back and change it because those things are helping people today. God worked all those things together for the good of those who love him. He's doing it. So I wouldn't go back and, and fix anything. I would go back and maybe redo my first sermon just to just chill out a little bit, you know? <laughs> so. Awesome. All right. Final question of this segment of the interrogation uh, what is something you hope to accomplish in 2023? I hope to see expansion in in Redwood. I really do. Um, I just i I hope to to just really just see expanded territory. And I know that is very very vague, but I'm hoping for. I just want to see the word of God just preached. I just want to see the gospel just hitting the nation. So I'm hoping that the Rooter in Christ podcast just continues to hit 
different countries. Um, I praise God for this, that we started the podcast started in August of 2022. It's currently sitting in seven countries right now. Uh, count of the United States. Um, I praise God for that. So I I hope to just continue to see expanded territory for for that. I just want to see the gospel preach. I want to see people come to the saving power of Jesus Christ. I want to see people know what saved my life was was the fact that He purchased my life and it was Him and it wasn't me. I want I want people to see that. That's why I have so many different types of guests on the show, um, because everybody's testimony is there's power in every testimony, whether you grew up in church and God spared you from the madness that I went through, whether you're just, you know, hard headed like me and you had to hit rock bottom before you learned, before you learned a lesson, you know? So I think that's what it would be. I would, I would just pray for expansion over, over, over the nonprofit God has entrusted me with. Awesome. All right. Uh, next question I'm going to ask is, uh, who is someone that you think that we should study beyond Black History Month? Somebody that we need to know more about. We all know about uh, Malcolm X, uh, Martin, uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. Uh, who's somebody else that we need to know? I would encourage people to look up Lot Carey, and I'm just I'm just going to read this because I don't want to I don't want to miss any of this. So bear with me, audience, please. Um, born enslaved in 1780 in Charles City County, Virginia, Lot Carney became a disciple of Jesus in 1807, purchased his freedom in 1813, and led the first Baptist missionaries to Africa from the United States in 1821. His pioneering missionary team settled in Liberia, where he engaged in evangelism, education, and health care. Reverend Carey served as a well-respected and gifted missionary and civic leader until his death in 1828. He was also the organizing pastor for the Baptist Church in Liberia. The Providence Baptist Church um, in, oh, I'm about to butcher this, Morovia. Forgive me. Um, his life of commitment to leadership, vision, and perseverance continues to guide. They So there is a nonprofit organization, um, and you can find this at lotcarry.org. They do all kinds of things. They help with provide meals. They help people who survive human trafficking. Um, they do so much. Um, so when I think about somebody, we should go just try to learn more about, I think of someone who at a time where your very freedom was not even an option, but you follow Christ anyway, you still said yes, to the call that God has anyway, despite your circumstances, despite everything that might be against you, you still gave that yes to Christ. Hmm. So, I think that's somebody people should look up and check out their, their .org site. I don't know any of them personally. You know, I, I came across this and I said, look at, look at what, what, what one person started, look at what it's doing today and look at the impact they're having over the world. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, we talked a little bit before we went on air you mentioned the name. I had never heard the name. So obviously this is someone that, that needs to not, not to, um, not to exalt them, but to understand that there are more people that have had an impact than what our public schools will tell us. Mm-hmm. And a uh, lot Carey sounds like somebody that we definitely need to know more about because of his lasting impact. So uh, the website is showing up on the screen right now. Lot L O T T Carey C A R E Y. Uh, check it out lotcarey.org uh, to find out more uh, about uh, this amazing history. Uh, and so, fast. how did you do that? You got that up quick. <laughs> uh, you, I I don't know. It's I've done almost 200 episodes, so I, I've go. kind of picked up how to do it uh, very quickly and <laughs> and uh, without being completely like hunt and peck on this 
<laughs> I forgot. I forgot. You're you're the the older brother in this situation. I'm the new guy. I've I've only been around since August. You're you've got 175 episodes on me. <laughs> yeah, and one of these days I'll get it right. Um, but <laughs> the uh, the final question I ask every guest uh, for anyone that wants to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, uh, what would your wise counsel be for them? So you just gave a pastor the open floor to speak about wise counsel. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not. All right. So, all right. In the beginning. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm joking. When I think about this, I think about Matthew. This is what was on my heart because I was thinking about this question yesterday. And I really do believe this is what God put on my heart. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I'm not going to sit here and read every, I'm not going to sit here and read this. I'll just give you the overview of this, that one person was given five talents. One person was given two talents. One person was given a talent. And I want to stress that no matter where you are and who you are, we are called to be obedient to the things that God has entrusted us with. And when you think about God entrusting you with something, you can put that back on God. It doesn't have to be put on my shoulders to preach the best sermon or be the best podcast host or whatever the case may be, it is to just be faithful and honorable with the very things that God has entrusted each one of us to do. So we're all stewards. So we are all stewarding over something, whether it be, for example, this podcast. So he may have entrusted you to, to steward this podcast, but then I have to realize it's not my own. God is going to open those doors. I don't have to force it. I just have to be obedient. Does that mean that I shouldn't study what's the best equipment to buy? What's my audience looking like? What's, what are they interested in? I still have work to do, mm -hmm. but at the end of myself is where God is. So I just have to be obedient to do the best I can with what he has, what he has given me and realizing that nothing he's entrusted me with, I did on my own and it's not mine. Somebody's going to do it unto God. And I'm going to watch him provide the, the increase. It's why when I talk to people and tell them we're not self-made, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. No one is self-made. <laughs> right. someone, gave, someone gave birth to you right out the womb. We were not self-made. So everything that you have, remember, God gave you that, that talent. Remember, you are uniquely and wonderfully made. Remember that nobody else can be you except you. And that very thing that you were put on this earth to do and fulfill, no one can do that except you. I don't care what a mother told you, a father told you, a, a boyfriend told you, whatever the case might be, you are special in the eyes of God. And that's why he entrusted you to steward the things that he has entrusted you to steward because he only you can fulfill that call that he has over your life. Yeah. And see, that's why we don't have to compare ourselves to, to anyone else because the person who got the five talents and the person who got the two talents, <laughs> granted I'm, I'm ignoring the one who buried it. We're going to get to him in a, in a second. Those two individuals were not compared to each other at all. The right. question that was asked of them was what did you do with what I gave you? They were judged and compared based off what they did with what was given to them and how faithful they were with it. It wasn't like you have five and now you have 10, you have two, now you have four. It was well done, good and faithful servant because you did well with what I entrusted you to have. 
Now the one just went and buried it and he didn't do anything with it. And, and when, when he told this to the master, he, he, the master basically told him, he said, you could have at least want to invest this in the bank. So I could have like the interest off of it. Mm-hmm. God is, God is expecting us to invest. God is expecting some kind of return. Everything that we do with our talent on this earth has eternal consequences, positive or negative. So I just want to encourage you to just be the person that God created you to be, because that is so much of my story. That was not who I was. I have found so much, like you said, the yoke, I found so much freedom and I walked so much lighter today than I ever have in my entire life because God has given me the grace to be able to just steward the things that he's given me because mm-hmm. see God cannot deny himself. So I may not get everything right, but God will always get it right. Yeah. So that spirit that he put in me is drawn back to him. So I don't have to worry about being perfect because I know the spirit in me is. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, what I wanted to share. I know that's a short overview, but I also just want to encourage everybody, whatever that is that's inside of you, that business, that book, that podcast, that TV show, whatever it is, just step out and do it. And if you don't know how to do it, find somebody who's where you're trying to get to and ask them to mentor you, ask them to come alongside you, ask them to, to coach you, you know, so that way you can understand, oh, this is what I got to do, or this is what you don't want to do, right. <laughs> you know, so. That's a good that's word. It. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, absolutely. So uh, you survived, you survived the interrogation, <laughs> my random questions, uh, and uh, you dropped some uh, really great knowledge. We really appreciate you uh, being on. I want to encourage everyone to uh, visit the uh, the main website, redwoodcm.org, uh, redwoodcm.org, and also look up the uh, Rooted in Christ podcast. Uh, share the, um, the link to our conversation when I was a guest on your show uh, in our uh, comment section. And it's also going to be in the show notes as well. Uh, Eric, I really appreciate you being on and I uh, wish you and uh, your family and your ministry uh, just uh, nothing but God's uh, best and, and his blessings uh, here in the new year. Same, man. Same. I really appreciate it. Do you mind if I pray for you and your ministry before we get off of here? Absolutely. Go for it. But I just want to thank you for, for my brother, Dave. Father, I just thank you for even this this opportunity just to talk and just glorify you. Um, I thank you for just the platform you've given him, Lord. I thank you for the expanded territory. I thank you that he's more than a conqueror. I thank you for everything that he is going to touch. He's going to do it just unto you. Lord, I just, I pray to anyone who's listening to this, I thank you for the blessing that, that is, that is going to come not because of us, but because of you, not because of our words, just because of what you're doing in us and through us. We give you all the credit, all the praise and all the glory. We are your servants. We're your students. We, we are your, your guests, your podcasters, Lord. We are your children. So I just pray you continue to have your way in our lives. And I just, I thank you just for um, Dave and I pray over him being a, a, a local missions, Lord, a, a, a mission, a missionary within the United States, Father. Lord, I just pray you just continue just to give him fresh vision, fresh wisdom, fresh anointing. Give him the grace to do everything you've called him to do, Lord. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I want to lift up my brother Eric with uh, uh, with Redwood Christian Ministries and his podcast, Lord. Uh, just Again, I just echo his, his sentiments to just continue to use it in a way that even if there's one person that the podcast is geared toward that you have in mind, 
that you would just uh, you would make sure that that show would get out to the right ears each and every week. Uh, we pray uh, that uh, you meet uh, every financial need for for Eric and his family, that there would be no lack. And uh, we pray that you'd even uh, bless them uh, with uh, some of the things that they want over and above their needs. Uh, we ask that your hand to be upon him. Uh, keep the uh, keep the family and the church healthy and safe and protected and equipped to go out and to make an impact in the world. Uh, thank you for our conversations uh, both tonight and a few weeks ago with me being on uh, his show. And uh, again, we just lift both of these broadcasts up uh, to you to use however you need, however you see fit uh, to bless those that need to hear our stories. Uh, God, we thank you for uh, the ability to use uh, the world's technology in a way that can bless others that we may never come across uh, on this side of eternity. So we thank you, we praise you, and uh, we just uh, exalt your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm out for two weeks, and then we'll be back in March uh, with more Gifts for Glory, and we will talk to you then. Have hey, a Dave. Great- yes. Can I ask you one thing real quick, if you don't mind? Can, yeah, I, just inter- can I just interrupt you at the end here? Yeah. I'm just curious. Do you have anything to do um, April 1st or April 2nd? I just wonder. Yeah, uh, actually, we have a comedy show uh, coming up on April 1st oh. uh, it's a fundraiser. Okay, because I didn't, I brought this just for you. I don't know if you can, you can see this, but. Oh, um, nice. There we go. If your, if your comedy show falls through and you need an opponent for WrestleMania this year, I've got this nice in case you uh, have anything to do afterwards. So let me, let me know. My, my schedule is open. If you want to well, come out of retirement for one more match, I just thought I would ask you here. Well, you know something, Eric, if you want to step in the ring with big boy, buddy, love the East coast, largest athlete, we'll, we'll dance, cue the music, set the lights, let's dance. And once and for all, you're going to find out that love hurts. That might be the realest thing I've ever heard in my life. Cause yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bust, I had to bust out the winged Ingle belt before I got out of here. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, WrestleMania is in L.A. I've never been to L.A., so uh, it'll be hard because we're doing a fundraiser for uh, foster kids camp. But maybe I get there on, on April 2nd. Yeah, don't don't skip the, the foster kids camp. I just challenged you to a pro wrestling match. Please don't do that. My my, my ministry shut down if that happens. <laughs> 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 don't do it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, and uh, I hope you have a uh, blessed night, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in, in contact soon. Have a, have, a, have a great night, everybody. Thanks for checking out Gifts for Glory. We'll see you soon.